Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. It's the heart of the matter that really matters. We know that. That we should be wholehearted, not half-hearted in worship. That we should be warm-hearted, not cold-hearted in our treatment of others. That we should have a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. You see, we know this. The heart of the matter is the heart itself. In the Bible, the word heart appears around a thousand times. It's used to describe our inner self more than any other term. The heart plays a crucial role in what we treasure and what we say. Our salvation through repentance, our worship, our faith and faithfulness to God, our daily walk with the Lord, our seeking after Him. All of this is to happen with all of our heart. Even though the word is used a lot in the Bible, we still tend to misunderstand it. We think of it in terms of emotions or confuse it with Cupid's arrows. The word heart, though, is comprehensive. It refers to the source of our motives, the seat of our passions, the center of our thought processes, the springs of our conscience. It's the hidden control center inside of every person. It's the common inner source from which the different streams of your life appear. What the physical heart is to the body for health, the spiritual heart is to the soul for holiness. As flows the heart, so flows our lives. Hello, my name is Ken Gurley, and all of this week on our daily devotion, we're going to be plumbing the depths of the grace and the mercy of God. And what better place to start than with the heart? Each of us has an internal spring, a fountain of the deep. Find a person whose life is a blessing, and you will find an abundant, ever-flowing, and even overflowing internal resource. Like Jacob said of Joseph of old, his life is like a vine planted by a spring of water. That spring is ever-flowing, meaning that it affects those around us, but our circumstances do not affect the spring, that inner well, that inner resource. Jesus said the words that he spoke were spirit, lowercase s, human spirit, meaning that every word that we speak comes from our human spirit, from the well within us. What we've been through affects our springs. What we're going through affects the springs and fountain within. Each word that is spoken, each deed done, each person we affect, either for good or ill, James said that the heart of man is like a fountain, a gushing spring of water. The water is either bitter or sweet, but it can't be both. So that leads us to this vital area that we call the keeper of the springs. I need to tell you a story today, and I hope it resonates with you. The late Peter Marshall once told this story. Peter Marshall was the chaplain of the United States Senate and a beloved pastor and storyteller. He told the story of a village at the foot of a mountain range. Higher in the hills, there lived a forest dweller who was called the keeper of the springs. 
the springs that sent water into bubbling brooks and then low streams and flowed into the river in the valley below. The springs remained free of debris because of this man's efforts. Mill wheels whirled by the rush of its streams. Gardens were refreshed by its waters. Fountains threw the water like diamonds into the air and swans sailed on its surface. Children laughed as they played along the banks and the people of the city could drink straight from those fountains. The water was so pure. But the city council was a group of hard-headed, hard-boiled businessmen. They scanned the civic budget and found in it the salary of the keeper of the springs. Said the keeper of the purse, why should we pay this romance ranger? We never see him. He's unnecessary to our town's life. We could build a reservoir just above the town and we could dispense with his services and save his salary. And thus, the city council voted to dispense with the supposed unnecessary cost of a keeper of the springs and to build a cement reservoir that would last for generations. The city vanquished his employment, built the reservoir, and the waters filled it. But over time, they weren't clean. They grew foul. There were constant troubles with the delicate machinery of the mills, for it was often clogged with slime. And the swans found another home above the town. At last, an epidemic raged, and the clammy, yellow fingers of sickness reached into every home, every street, every lane, every village, every home. The city council backtracked, admitted its mistakes, and begged the keeper of the springs to return. Once more, he began to make his rounds, cleaning the springs. Soon the water began to clear. The sickness disappeared. The swans returned. The mill wheels began to turn again. And life came back to the city, all of it because of the keeper of the springs. You and I have what the Apostle Paul called the inward man of the heart. That you and I are commanded to keep our internal springs. Solomon said it like this in Proverbs 4. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Paul told young Timothy, before you take care of the doctrine, take heed to yourself. Because if you can't keep the heart right, You'll never keep the doctrine straight. Doctrine changes when springs run dry. The toughest form of leadership is not being president of the United States. It's not being the director of the International Monetary Fund. The toughest form of leadership is the keeping of one's self. Self-leadership is managing the fountain from within. Let me contrast two monarchs. Witness Alexander the Great, consider what he had going for him, the unlimited support of his father, Philip of Macedon, the greatest mind of his day as a personal tutor, Aristotle, the greatest army of the world at his disposal, great connections, great education, great power. No wonder he conquered the world at the age of 30. But there was an interior problem that this young man faced, his drunken rages. He killed his best friend in one such rage. The self-proclaimed Lord of the world was not Lord of his private world. I guess it must be easier to conquer the whole world than to conquer this interior world. But there's a second king, David at Ziklag, 
David in the Bible, while awaiting his ascension to the throne, he returned to the camp flushed with victory. David and his men discover that their homes have been attacked, burned, women, children, kidnapped, all of the belongings ransacked or taken. David has to decide who needs leadership the most, his soldiers, his officers, his family, his answer, none of the above. In this critical moment, David realized a foundational truth. He had to lead himself before he could lead anyone else. And that's when we read, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That if I can restore something within me, I can help others be restored. And together we can rescue our family. Today's character is tomorrow's reputation. Who we are today is how we will be viewed tomorrow. Life's ultimate impact is measured by that internal spring. You need to discover the condition of your springs. Let me give you five questions to assess what your inner life is all about. Number one, am I where I need to be? I'm from the old school of thought. I honestly believe there is a will of God for everyone's life. I honestly believe that we, each of us, has a calling to be and to do something for God. What's my mission? Where do you want me to be, Lord? What do you want me to be doing, God? Acts 20 and 24, Paul said, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. I just have to finish my course with joy. My course, not your course, my course. When you ask, Lord, is this where I need to be? Is this what you want me to do? Your life will get focused, and from that focus comes a passion and an energy. Keep your calling sure. Know what your purpose is. Here's the second question. Is my pride in control? We are warned not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So do we want God with us or against us? If you're easily offended, you're thinking more highly of yourself than you should. After all, it's really not about me. If you're highly opinionated or critical, chances are your pride is out of control. If you are a control freak, ditto. Keep that pride under control. It's God that exalts. Here's the third question. Have I conquered my fears? We're afraid to be thought of as foolish, to be looked down upon. Fear is an immobilizing emotion. It withers, it dries, it subdues us. Faith pleases God. Fear displeases God. Faith attracts him. Fear repels him. Only you and I can build up our own individual faith. What time I am afraid, the psalmist cried, I will trust in the Lord. Here's the fourth question. Have I emptied the trash? We're checking on our inner life, the inner fountain. All of us have wounds and losses and disappointments that we carry with us. But if we're not careful, it can influence others. The solution is not to hide those hurts and disappointments. The solution is to let God heal them. A four-year-old prayed the Lord's Prayer, and he got to the part about trespasses. And he said, Lord, forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. That's pretty good. Who's responsible for your interior issues, getting them processed and revolved? You are. I am. And here's the fifth and final question to assess the condition of our inner life. Can I hear God's voice? God whispers, and only those listening for him can hear him. 
We can't be closed off to heaven. We need to hear from God and keep our ears open to Him. Ask yourself, can I still hear His voice? Is the noise level of my life drowning Him out? Do I still have the courage to obey Him when He whispers, hints, and nudges me? Take heed. Take heed to yourself. It was in Gordon MacDonald's book, Ordering Your Private World, he describes the sinkhole syndrome. He talks about how sinkholes form, how they appear beneath the ground or channels of water, aquifers, water tables, that if drought depletes these, then the water pressure is not enough to withstand the weight of the earth above, and the world comes crashing in. And overnight, it seems, a sinkhole forms. It's the same with us. We mortals can look picture-perfect one day, and the next day, we have imploded. But remember, that didn't happen overnight. It came with the failure to daily keep our springs, to keep them free and flowing. You and I are keepers of the springs. We are all gathered together in this daily devotion, purposing. We want to keep our hearts, for out of our hearts flow the issues of life. It was Jesus who said, Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. As you keep your heart clean before God, there is a fresh flow and a fresh channel of the moving of His Spirit. The outflow of your life will be so great that the world cannot crash in. And so long as that river flows free and clear in your life, everyone downstream will be blessed by you. You will be a vessel of grace. Thank you for sharing a daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.